0: Hello, hello, teachers. I'm Carly Walton, and this is the Teach Music Online podcast, your number one resource for innovative online music teaching. Happy Monday to you or happy Thursday, whatever day it is that you are tuning in to the Teach Music Online podcast. Thank you so much for taking some time to listen and to improve your online teaching. I know that in every episode there are things that can help all of us be better online teachers, better marketers, better at what we do. I am so excited to be rebroadcasting an episode with you today. This is actually a very special episode that I did with Tim Topham on his podcast last April during the height of COVID-19. I have to share that I have been such a big fan of Tim Topham's podcast for several years. I can remember around five years ago when I found his podcast and I heard an episode that he did with this guy who had a music company and was traveling the world with his family while running this music side business online. And I was so blown away by this idea of traveling the world with your family while working online, and this was five or six years ago, that I thought that is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that with my husband. And, and it was all because of this episode that I had heard on Tim's podcast. Isn't that crazy? It's amazing how so many people can inspire the path that you end up going down. I'm actually not sure if I've told Tim that story. So this is a way late thank you to Tim for sharing that episode with Brandon Pierce from Music Teacher's Helper so many years ago because it inspired a lot of what me and my family do. Okay, we're going to jump right into this episode. Tim does an amazing job at introducing the episode and giving a quick summary of what we talk about. So I hope that you enjoy this episode again with Tim Topham. I'll also link Tim's podcast in the show notes if you're not familiar with top music cast be sure that you check it out it's fantastic okay here we go
1: in today's episode i speak to the queen of all things online teaching we find out how she continues teaching while traveling the world and what equipment she uses including a pretty cool portable keyboard we find out her recommendations for methods books and approaches and she answers common questions about sound quality microphones and your basic tech setup We also find out how online lessons can solve all your makeup lesson issues. That was pretty cool. We also find out about the easiest technology to get started and then some high-level options like multi-cameras, using classroom maestros and even software called Internet MIDI, allowing you to play in real time with your student. My guest today is a Berkeley College of Music graduate and online teacher, performer and world traveler. She has taught music at K-8 schools and been a choral instructor for two charter schools. She also enjoys arranging music for piano, students and choirs. She's been teaching music online for the last eight years and one year ago started her Teach Music Online course and coaching program. She has a passion for helping teachers overcome their fear of technology and to find ways to be creative and effective as online music teachers. She has a thriving Facebook group with more than 5,000 music teachers, where she hosts free training workshops and gives away her resources. So, welcome to the show, Carly Walton.
2: Thanks, Tam. It's great to be here.
1: I can't believe I'm speaking with the queen of online teaching. You are basically like your name's up in lights and I'm having a little fan moment. <laughs> Congratulations for all that you're doing and, and helping teachers at this, uh, in this. It, it really is a bit of a crisis for many teachers and an emergency situation. It's like we've been given days or weeks. Sometimes if people are on spring break, maybe a couple of extra weeks, but we've got to really revolutionize our studios very, in very short time. But I know that you've been doing this actually for quite a long time. And I know that you've been preparing to help teachers with online teaching well before coronavirus came along and you've been teaching yourself. So what do you decide to create um, these resources for teachers even before coronavirus entered our lives?
2: So I started teaching online about eight years ago and I immediately knew the benefits of online teaching. I saw it as a great, amazing thing to implement in my studio. and, And I thought that more teachers should be teaching online even back then. And as I was teaching, I would often get questions from teachers about how I did it and how it worked and if it was effective, you know, all of those typical questions. And so about a year ago, I decided to really spend some time researching not just what I knew, but what other experts knew and really creating tutorials that were comprehensive and concise for teachers so that they could quickly learn. And so they didn't have to spend seven years doing it like I did of trial and error and figuring it out. But I wanted to take basically all of the things that I had gained from these many years and package it in a way that teachers could learn in a few weeks.
1: And it's a great resource for teachers. We'll talk a little bit more about what you've put together uh, later on. But you mentioned just then that the reason that you wanted to share this was because of all the benefits. So I reckon we should just jump in to some of those benefits. What, what do you feel are the benefits of online teaching aside from the fact that we kind of are forced to do it now?
2: Sure. I really feel that online teaching helps teachers in so many ways. It gives teachers flexibility to control their schedule. It gives them an opportunity to totally get rid of makeup lessons. They can reduce studio costs. They can teach from home. There's a couple of things during the online lesson that I really love. They can wear headphones. They can mute themselves. One example of a benefit is when I was teaching online, when I had my first daughter, she's now three, but when she was born, I can remember teaching online at home and she was just three months old and she started crying and I just hit mute. And I thought, (laughs) my student has no idea that my baby is crying right now. (laughs) And it was, I mean, it was amazing. Like just that tiny thing that was so convenient for me as a young mom to be able to teach from home. And also I wasn't having students coming into my home and being loud. I had my headphones on, so it's not disrupting other people in the home. So there's some really things like that that you might not think of, but then it also gives teachers, like I said, a lot of flexibility with their schedules. They can fill their teaching hours And they can continue doing all of the elements that they already have in their studios. They can have online recitals. They can have group classes. They can do master classes. You can do workshops. You can really build out your studio just as you would in person. But now you have the flexibility to fill your your schedule and market to students in other places.
1: And one of the other advantages, uh, which I think you mentioned was travel, the ability that you don't have to be in the same spot all the time. Now, you've made great use of this and I know Mm -hmm. you almost got stuck uh, as (laughs) as a result of being able to travel so much. Tell us, how do you travel and teach piano when you kind of need a piano or something similar?
2: Yes. So when I was teaching online and, and starting to understand the flexibility of online lessons, we started doing some trial runs where we would go on a trip, and I would do my lessons while we were away. There was one time where we were in Colorado with family for Christmas, and because of some snow, I couldn't get back to my studio on time. So I did all my online lessons for a week, and that really started opening to my, my mind to some opportunity for more travel. And we just decided to take the, take the studio online completely. So to do that, there are a couple of resources that I use and that I recommend for teachers that. That want that kind of flexibility the first one is to have a library of videos and that's videos of the music that you teach so i narrowed my curriculum down to the primary method books that i use and i recorded instructional videos that included tips at the end of each video for students and then i also recorded all of my technique so it took me months literally months I was gonna to say
1: this. that would have taken <laughs> ages
2: But I should also say I'm not a perfectionist. I flew through these books and I told my students, this is a resource. These aren't performance videos. And I used those in my lessons. So if I didn't have the piano with me or a keyboard with me, we would use those videos. I would send them a link in Skype. They'd watch the video. We'd hop back on the lesson. We would dive into the music. We would circle measures and write notes and The students could send videos back to me during the week, whether it didn't matter where I was. And now I do have a travel keyboard. It's a three octave travel keyboard. It's really thin and it's a MIDI connection. So I can connect that to my computer and show them things. I can do a lot with that as well. But I wouldn't say that you have to have that. I just, it's a great resource when we're, when we're abroad or away.
1: Mm. I uh, I did a review and unboxed a couple of roll up pianos uh, last oh, no. year. <laughs> the video has exploded on YouTube. If you haven't, if oh. listeners haven't watched it, go and watch it because I think people have really enjoyed it. Because I basically at the end said these are rubbish. <laughs> Don't even bother with it. <laughs>
2: I had one as well. Yeah, there. My mom ordered me one from that was a, a Chinese company for Christmas one year, and she thought it would be so great for me. And you know, it worked for like a few days. A <laughs>
1: <laughs> the thought that counts.
2: Yeah, yeah. No roll-up pianos, no. <laughs> yeah,
1: don't, don't do that. What is the make and model of the three-octave keyboard that you use?
2: Yes, it's called the X-Key Air and I can send you a link. It is, it's really, really nice. It's a new company. It's a new brand and it even has action in the keys. So it, it, it has velocity, which goes with your whatever software you're using. So it, it's, yeah,
1: it's great. That's great. All right, we'll look that up. We'll put a link in our show notes as well for that one. So um, I was gonna ask you about video lessons versus live teaching as well. So do you now offer both or do you do, sorry, we should clarify. So by video lessons, I mean, you record a video for a student, I record a video back and that's how you interact versus live where you're both on camera at the same time. Do you do a bit of both or do you favor one over the other?
2: The only time that I do a video back and forth is if they miss a lesson. And I offer that as their makeup lesson But I only do it during their scheduled time.
1: Ah, great. I was going to ask you about the makeup lessons because you said no makeup lessons. I wanted to dive into that.
2: So what happens?
1: Student rings up the day before and says, I can't make my lesson.
2: So I wanna mention before I get into that that teachers, teachers should feel that they are in control of their business, not that the parents are in control of them. I'm a huge advocate of being a business a smart business owner. And teachers are hesitant. To make these policies about makeup lessons Um, I don't think they they should be so with online lessons it's even easier because they're used to seeing video from you and they're used to video calls if they can't make their lesson with you you whether you have flexibility in your day or not I'm not sure but I use their lesson time to do a video lesson for them I have some materials that I use I might send them a composition worksheet to do for that week or I'll send them I'll give them some songs to review. I use Tonara so I can see all the music that they've worked on and I'll, I'll have them respond later in the day. So if, if I say, let's say they have an activity going on, I'll have them review the lesson and then later in the day they can respond with a video of them performing. So they're still getting feedback from me and Tonara. It just, and it might take 10 minutes of my time later in the day, but I'm not having to reschedule lessons all the time.
1: Mm, that's great. And that would work for in-person lessons as well. So if the student can't make your in-person lesson, instead of trying the nightmare of rescheduling them, just send them, use that time to send them a instructional video about what to, what to keep going with. I think that's uh, really valuable. You mentioned Tanara, and I'm a big fan of Tanara as well. How do you use Tanara? What's your favorite sort of aspect of it? Uh, so this is Tonara, T-O-N-A-R-A.com for people who aren't familiar with it.
2: When I found Tanara, I felt like it was gold for all my teaching. I thought, this is the app I've been looking for or that I've been wanting to create myself. I think it's really helpful and necessary, honestly. Um, I think that the ability to be able to create assignments for students, when you have students come to you in person, we're so used to writing notes down in a notebook and sending them home with it. But if we're honest, how often do those students really review those notes? Our are really awesome students, definitely do, but the younger ones or the ones that aren't as engaged in your lesson might not. Students are so much more engaged with Tanara, or that's at least what I've found. When they can see their lesson notes, they can see a little video connected to their assignment, they can track their practice, they can chat with the teacher back and forth. It's basically an all-in-one tool for online teaching.
1: Mm, fantastic. Yeah, I've heard, heard that from lots of teachers now, particularly as we move online, that it is becoming uh, ever more useful. And they've recently released integrations to en- enable the connections to Zoom and things through the platform. So uh, definitely worth checking that out. And uh, our Top Music Pro members actually get a discount on Tanara uh, for those of you who are listening who are members. So now just going back to, I don't think I've actually asked you, how does your studio look right now that you've you've come back to the States from a travel how many students do you teach? What kind of ages and abilities?
2: Sure. When we first started traveling, I had 22 online students. And a year ago, when I decided to start coaching and helping teachers, I have backed off a full studio. So right now I have less than 10 online students and they're mostly intermediate and they are excellent students. I pretty much handpicked who I wanted to spend my time working with still (laughs) Mm -hmm. because my time is limited and I have some intermediate and advanced students from a couple of different families and while we're traveling with the time difference I just make sure that their lessons are always in the morning before school and then it usually works out that it's evening my time in other parts of the world.
1: Mm. Do you have many students who aren't in America and are in other time worlds completely?
2: No, not right now. I know I've attempted that. at (laughs) Every once in a while, I've attempted trying to get students in their countries and it's totally possible. I have had a student in Germany at once. I had a student in Australia, but I've always had such a full studio and lots of referrals that I haven't had the need to really market elsewhere.
1: Mm, That makes absolute sense.
2: Yeah. You
1: have mentioned the keyboard that you use when you're traveling. What is your general travel tech setup? for videos and iPads and whatnot. And then I'd love to hear about your home studio in a second too.
2: The travel setup is we have a MacBook Pro. That's what I'm on right now. And we have a Rode NT USB mic. It's a condenser mic. It's really, really great for audio. And then we have the X-Key keyboard that connects to the laptop that I use with internet MIDI. I'm I'm throwing out a lot of tech right now.
1: Go for it. That's good
2: anyone listening is familiar with internet midi and classroom maestro they're very helpful for displaying visuals to the student and so i'll screen share the keyboard with the student through the keyboard and that's basically it for the travel setup i do also have a tablet and a smartphone that i can use if the computer isn't working or something when i'm at home it's basically the same setup
1: (laughs) okay right
2: basically the same i do have an overhead webcam that i can use um, it's just a Logitech 920 pretty common overhead webcam and yeah, I use that at home with a piano or a keyboard, whatever is available to me. And I like to keep it simple. I don't, I don't use a lot of tech. I have a microphone and a computer and for years I didn't even have a microphone. I just had my laptop and my piano and that was it. And I, my philosophy is really based on teachers focusing on their passion for music and their creativity that we can get really lost in tech. And in, especially right now, a lot of teachers are jumping into the online world and so consumed with what do I need? What do I need? And I hear from teachers all the time, I have this and this, what else? And they're always surprised when I say, you don't need anything else. You you really don't. You can just start.
1: That's right. Yeah. Just start with with your tablet. That's I mean, if at bare bones, even if you don't have a laptop, just start with a tablet. You can jump in. I mean, you could even FaceTime people. Uh, probably not what I would recommend, but just to get started, it's totally fine. Now, you've mentioned uh, Classroom Maestro, which uh, I'm a fan of for tutorial videos, and that's by Time Warp Tech. Again, we'll put some links in our show notes. You mentioned Internet MIDI. Now, my my understanding is Internet MIDI's great if you're trying to connect to the student at the other end with their midi connection and you can play sounds through their instrument correct is that right yes. or do you use it for something else
2: yeah that's internet midi you you connect your midi keyboard with the student's midi keyboard and that really solves the issue of playing duets so everything I play on my keyboard um, plays back live in real time through their keyboard so they're getting that real sound in real time and Many teachers are asking right now about how do I do duets? That is one solution, but you do need that MIDI connection from both ends.
1: And it's a bit harder tech-wise. I'm sure there's easy, easy to miss little settings that get very frustrated in the process. So <laughs> again, if you're just getting started, don't worry about any of this. Yeah. Just don't do not expect to be able to do duets and play along the backing tracks because that's not quite going to work. So you'll need to send your student <laughs> files of either you playing your duet part or the backing track that they're going to need. Uh, that's one thing that a lot of teachers have suddenly, very quickly yes. realized. I think. <laughs> Just on the Internet MIDI, last question on that. When at, at the other end, at the student's end, they would need a laptop, I'm guessing, rather than an iPad to connect the USB for the Internet MIDI into. Would that be right? That's right. Mm, okay. And then that just works in the background basically. Yes. Once, once the two instruments are connected online.
2: Yes. And it yeah. is actually really easy to connect. Um, okay. There's tutorials I've never online. tried it. Yeah. It's really easy to connect. There's tutorials on how to set it up. It's Once you do it once, you, it's easy.
1: Yeah. I think Mario O'Hara was the first one I learned that from. And I remember going to a conference once and seeing disclavias playing with the keys actually moving and stuff without the yeah. other person being in the room. That was very cool. <laughs> So I'm keen to just jump straight into some Q&A, sort of common problems that you're, you're seeing. One of them that I've heard a lot about is uh, sound issues, even on Zoom, which is my preferred platform. Do you, do you like Zoom as well, Carly?
2: Yes, Zoom's my preferred, yeah.
1: So there is that audio setting and I've, I've recorded video about making sure that it's not compressing the sound at the other end. But are there any other general tips you've got for improving sound quality as you're getting started?
2: With teachers who are right now starting online, that is a, yes, you're so right. That's such a common concern. A question that's popping up in groups is sound and audio. A couple of things that could help teachers are first making sure the internet connection is strong. Sometimes it's just the internet. That's it. If, if it's slow or lagging at all, then it, it causes a delay or stuttering. Um, so that's one thing. Also making sure they're on a fast updated device would probably be the next thing you would check. I often have students switch devices. So, for example, I have these students that were using an iPad for a really long time. They got a new iPad, and their sound was so different.
1: Mm, interesting. <laughs> That's good to know.
2: Yes. Or, and I had another student in Boston once. He was using his mom's old smartphone for the longest time, and he also got a new tablet and completely change the audio. So sometimes it's not even needing to get a mic, it's just getting a better or updating a device. And then adding adding some headphones with a microphone often helps with the echo or with the delay. Um, yeah, that, that, can, that can help the audio as well. And then your next step is getting like an audio interface and a condenser mic from the teacher's end, which we have tutorials on that if they are interested in upgrading to that level.
1: Mm. And I know a lot of websites are sold out of a lot of these webcams and microphones now. (laughs) I went on to look at uh, the Shure MV88, which a lot of teachers are talking about. Have you seen that one?
2: Um, I've heard of it. Yes.
1: Yeah. So it's a lightning connection into an iPad or iPhone. uh, And it really does help the sound. And uh, Emily, who uh, works with me, uses it and loves it. But can't buy them anymore. <laughs> and oh, I know all the Logitech webcams have been bought out across the world too. So, yes,
2: isn't that amazing? It happened, it, it really happened overnight, I think, with, yeah. with the whole world needing to go online and everything's all of a sudden sold out. Yes, yeah. it's <laughs> all been available right. for so long. And I've been talking about these webcams.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Sorry, i teachers. Had <laughs> That's right. But that's okay. These things will come back and you'll be able to improve as you go uh, and as you take these lessons. And look, I think, I mean, realistically, we're going to be doing this for a little while. So yeah, once the hysteria and initial crisis comes down and we go into this as a more ongoing kind of mode of teaching, uh, which I think all the schools are going to have to do as well when they go back, we'll be able to upgrade slowly as we go. So don't worry about all that now. (laughs) <laughs> now Carly you run a, a, fa- a Facebook group which is incredibly popular and you're going live regularly to answer questions and things like that um, firstly what's the name of the group
2: teach music online
1: great so go and jump on teach music online and sign up to that if you haven't already um, a border a couple of the really great things that you've seen teachers doing yeah and hearing about in the group with their online lessons
2: oh it's been so fun the last few weeks of all of these teachers needing guidance and help and support. We have the whole range of teachers getting on because they need help with something, but also a lot of teachers sharing their wins. It almost makes me emotional thinking about these teachers who have to go from a 50 student studio where they're coming to their home. And and these teachers are, they're not necessarily really tech savvy, but they are suddenly faced with this crisis and they're doing it. And I am so impressed by them. Yeah. Like,
1: I applaud so them totally, as well. Yeah.
2: Yes, so impressed with their their really, I want to say courage, that sounds cheesy, but really their ability to just do it. And they're sharing their stories. They're talking about how their students are loving it. I've had several teachers say that their students are more engaged online. And I'm just like, yes, this is what I've been preaching. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> students love online lessons and teachers love it too. It's just before you do it, it's this foreign idea. And now that teachers are forced into it, it's fun to see that, that I'm not the only one that realizes that it's, it can work and that it's a thing. We also have teachers just sharing funny experiences with students. A lot of, uh, one teacher was talking about how one of her students who never communicates, doesn't ever message her, is messaging her all the time now that they're using tech. And, you know, asking questions during the week. And obviously we don't want the messaging all the time, but a little engagement and interaction is really fun. So the community is a great, a great uplifting place. I often tell teachers to focus on, focus on what they do well, focus on their passion for their instrument when all else fails. When you're, when you're exhausted and you feel overwhelmed, just remember why you do what you do. And that's the overall feeling that we get in that
1: group. A lot of teachers have been talking about how exhausting they're finding the change. Uh, do you find that that fades after a little while as you get used to the new way of teaching?
2: Oh. Oh, for sure. I feel (laughs) way less exhausted teaching online than I did in person. You can kind of, you know, just sit like this if you need to. You (laughs) don't.
1: For those of you You can't see, (laughs) Carly's leaning back in her chair. You can turn (laughs) your
2: video off for a second if you need to stretch. I do it all the time. There is no shame. We're normal. We're normal. We're normal people. (laughs) You can, you know, it's not. I'm not saying you can do anything, but I. Yes, the exhaustion will wear off and teachers will find that online teaching is not just a temporary thing, but it is an amazing alternative to in-person lessons. And as we're hearing from these teachers that it is, it's working.
1: Mm. Do you think a proportion of teachers will continue to teach online by choice when this uh, initial crisis is over?
2: I think so. With the course I created in the group, I've I've been engaging with before this situation. What I was hearing from teachers is a lot of them, they they wanna stop driving to students' homes. That's exhausting. They're using a lot of money on gas. A lot of these teachers have to move and then they have to start a new studio. So there's another solution. um, Teachers have students that move away. They can now keep those students up through college. There is just so much more stability with an online studio. I would say a lot of teachers will have a hybrid studio where they have a little bit of both, which I think is perfect. I think that's a perfect balance because we all love that one-on-one interaction. If I weren't traveling as much or moving around, I would still have that. I think I love the one-on-one interaction with students, but I also love the flexibility of online lessons for all of the benefits that we've discussed.
1: And what are some of the stories of the not so great things that you've seen or heard going on in online lessons or things that we can instantly improve uh, with your experience?
2: Oh, I think that the biggest challenges really have been tech, and as soon as teachers get over that hurdle, then that's when they start having fun and that again, I'm trying to help teachers know that they can just be simple and don't worry about a webcam their first week of lessons like a, a second a second camera angle don't worry about. Multi camera angles on the screen at the same time, or anything like that. um, Those are the biggest challenges that I'm hearing. One other challenge that we're hearing is working with beginners.
1: Mm, I was going to ask you about the younger students. Mm.
2: Definitely. So, already young beginners are a challenge. Four year olds, five year olds, six year olds, they can't read yet. There's a lot of pointing, a lot of helping them and guiding them through their new music. And so the biggest thing that I'm trying to help teachers with is to get the parents on the call with the beginner student. There's so many benefits. Yes, essential. And there's so many benefits to having the parent involved. They're more committed to helping the student. The student is more likely to have success. Some teachers are hesitant to ask the parent to be involved. But again, it's, yeah, like you said, essential.
1: Yeah, I really think it is. Um, Otherwise, you're, well, you're not gonna, you probably won't have much success and you'll get very frustrated, I think. So yeah, definitely. In this move or if you're picking up new students who are beginners and they're under the age of i don't know even 10 8 10% get some parents in there to start with and what about off bench kind of activities do you continue with those particularly with the young ones because you really need to do on and off bench and keep them moving and things like that but it comes a bit harder on camera a
2: teacher shared a really neat idea in the group um, a couple of weeks ago about activities with students she comes up with a creative idea for her lessons where she'll say, can you go, go run around in your house and find a yellow pencil, a yellow colored pencil. And they'll go, and she'll get, she'll do this in the middle of her lesson where she'll have them go find a colored pencil, or she'll have them go find a stuffed animal to watch the lesson and to make sure that they're sitting tall, or she'll have them go get their sibling to come and listen to them play a song. And I just love that creativity. You know, we're not with them in person, but there are so many ways to incorporate games and activities You can still have them get off the bench and kneel on the ground and and complete a worksheet that you sent them over or color a staff or fill out the circle of fifths chart. Or I often have them stand up and clap some rhythms like a repeat after me rhythm exercise with me midway through, or you can use apps during the lesson. They can actually on their tablet, go and complete an activity in an app during the call and then come back to the call and it won't drop the call. I can still hear them. I can actually talk to them while they're doing that activity. So if anything, I think there's more ways even to be creative and interesting.
1: (laughs) So let's say that they're using their iPad as their device to give you their video feed and and show what they're doing. You're saying that they can grab that iPhone off their coat stand or wherever it's hanging (laughs) to get the right view, Um, open another app, leave Zoom open, open another app, complete a worksheet that you've sent them and you can keep talking to them. They won't be able to see you because they're working on their worksheet and then they can send that to you or close it down and you're still there.
2: Yes. One app I use all the time is called music flash class and I have them do a one minute note challenge and it's all set up on their app on their end. And they do that. And then they come back and tell me what their score was. They, Mm -hmm. I can't hear the app because of most, most tablets and phones mute the app or the person on the other end. So Mm -hmm. if they're watching a YouTube video, I can't hear the YouTube video usually. That's good So that's, yeah. just, that's just one thing to consider. Um, mm. Yeah. So they can leave the app and then come back to the call.
1: Oh, that's great. Good tip. Music Flash class. I, I used that years and years ago and yeah. I haven't used it for a long time. So that's a it's good great. reminder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. great. Fantastic. And what about um, music theory if you teach that? Any tips or thoughts or things that you've heard teachers doing with regard to theory?
2: There are so many options right now. I'll tell you a few that I've used. There is a, there's an app called Tenuto, that is great for intermediate and advanced students. It takes you through chords and intervals and scales, kind of a quizzing app. There is, I don't know, are you familiar with Sproutbeat?
1: Yes, I am. Yeah, I uh, met. Eck and Ek, yeah. her husband uh, at a number of conferences and love what Very they do. Cool. Yeah, yeah.
2: So that I've, I've been mentioning that as a resource for teachers to be able to send worksheets and they're interactive to the student, and then you can grade them. Then there's also, oh well, really to be honest, what I really I, I've used forever and I still use are fundamentals of piano theory, the books that you get on the Amazon, and they I love those theory books. I think that they're a no fluff theory method. And they go from primer up through like a level 7 or 8. And they do the theory assignments. They hold it up to the screen. I look at it. I go through it with them. There's a review test at the end of each book. so it's very traditional. But I've always loved them. So I've I've continued that with my online students.
1: And I love hearing, Carly, that even you still get their kids to hold things up in front of the camera so you can (laughs) see what they've done. Good on you. Oh, totally. You don't have to go all high tech with iPads and apps and everything like that.
2: No, no. That's
1: good. (laughs) So, on resources too, I just wanted to ask you about methods. Uh, Do you have a favorite method? Now, I know obviously all students need different approaches and things like that, but do you have a kind of standard uh, approach that you use that works well with online for you?
2: I've been traditional. I use piano adventures. Mm -hmm. I don't love Alfred. I've used a lot of piano adventures over the years. I've recently switched over to Carol Matt's interactive method. Uh has really taken a good combination of a lot of the method books I like. She actually, she's taken Royal Conservatory, which I've used with my more advanced students or my classically trained students, and then Ganon Ventures. And she's really made, kind of put them together and created her own arrangements, which I, I really enjoyed. So with the digital method books, I can screen share the music, which is helpful. I also have that when I travel. It's a portable library. But before I started traveling, if if teachers are at home still, I've just gone with the method books I've always used and loved, the Piano Adventures, the Faber, all of the Faber, popular books, the jazz books, the ragtime books, Royal Conservatory, and then the piano literature books. I use Masterpieces with Flair. I I really use a mixture of supplementary materials, depending on the student. I think it's so hard to have just one method.
1: (laughs) Uh, I agree. And it's great to hear that you're using... The methods that we all tend to use anyway—it's it's nothing special. You don't have to go out and not only revolutionise your whole teaching method, uh, sorry, approach with the technology. You don't have to do new methods or anything. Just right. keep teaching the same way as you were teaching. You just need to, obviously, the tech aside, language use is sometimes needs to be uh, changed, and the way you go about getting kids to write assignments and point at things and you know those little things. But that will come with time. But it's great to hear that from you, that you don't have to revolutionize your piano method approach as well. So that's great. Now, speaking of resources, you've created, uh, we've mentioned it a couple of times, a fantastic, comprehensive how to teach online lessons course for teachers who are are serious about this, particularly when things die down a bit and they get a bit more time to (laughs) think about how this all works. Tell us about this uh, course um, and how they can get access to it.
2: Definitely. The course takes teachers really from A to Z with online teaching. I start with their setup. I start with their philosophy. I start with keeping it simple. And my goal with the course is getting them online as soon as possible and then implementing other ideas. So then we go through how to onboard students and parents. I have email templates in there. And then we go through the business and helping students or helping teachers with their policies, with And simplifying their policies for online and modifying their policies for makeup lessons. I talk about creating a Google form for registration. And then we go into marketing and branding. And oh, before marketing and branding, though, I talk about the elements of an online studio and all of the things you can implement with your studio as far as recitals and group classes and method books and digital method books and apps so that they feel like their studio is a a, a very full studio, full of full of the things that they want to offer students. And then we go into marketing and branding and helping teachers take advantage of their online business and putting themselves online. Before the, the current crisis that we're in right now, teachers were wanting to market to students around the world. And that's something a lot of teachers listening might want to do. So we talk about how to create a Facebook business page and how to use YouTube effectively and things that will that will help them just get started and get in there so that they can then explore the whole online world of marketing.
1: That's great. So where do they go to find out about this? And how much does it cost as well?
2: To find out about the course, my website is teachmusic.online forward slash course. Well, it's teachmusic.online and then forward slash course. Mm-hmm. And the course sells for $4.97. And when this goes live, there will be a promotional. I can't say exactly what it will be at this Ooh, moment. That's
1: okay. That's, but, that's but the wrong
2: Yeah. Yes, there will be. Yeah, there yeah, will be. Brilliant.
1: We'll we'll get all our listeners a coupon, which I'll mention uh, in the intro and the outro, and we'll put in our show notes so that people can get access. I must say, Callie, you like amazing work with releasing your course at uh, a price that teachers wanted to pay. Uh, what um, I don't know, it's probably a month ago when this goes live um, during the the real heat of the crisis. You said, guys, I've got this course. It's normally four ninety seven, but you guys. I just want to help you out pay whatever you want. Give me $1, give me $4.97 I think that is incredibly generous. So thank you from all of us. I'm I'm sure you got many take ups uh, of that offer.
2: Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I my heart goes out to these teachers who are dependent on their studios and you know, it broke my heart a little bit to see Yeah, so you don't have to keep this in if not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, it it shows how connected you are to this as a process for teaching and the teachers you're helping.
2: Yeah, you know, and it's, it's really incredible to see. I get messages from teachers say, saying like, I literally can only afford $20. And we can look at that if we're being judgmental and think, really? But I believe they're being so honest. And these teachers are, they're the most honest people. They're the most passionate people. And I have so many friends now. <laughs> I have so many, I feel like I have so many friends who are in this community. And as a community of teachers, our goal is to share. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I'm so emotional. Um, okay. Is to help students and to share our gift. And I don't want teachers to not be able to do that right now. So yeah. So the course is a really easy way for them to have everything in one place. And if they have one hour a day, if they have 10 minutes a day, they can go into the course and say, okay, I need to do a recital this this month. Let me figure out how to do that.
1: That's fantastic. Thank you, Carly. And I really appreciate how honest you are. Um, It's just wonderful. You're a a great person. Uh, And it's been wonderful to hang out with you today. Thank you for making it work. I know that you have been under a lot of pressure (laughs) recently with all the travel and the bands and only just getting back into the United States and all that. So why don't we finish with, uh, I don't know, a top. how about a top three really quick tips things that you'd recommend teachers do right away uh, to get started if they haven't already?
2: Sure. I'd love to. So there's so many tips, but I, (laughs) (laughs) if you're a teacher and you're just like, I'm so overwhelmed, here's just a couple of things. So the number one thing I'm saying this all the time is to keep it simple and you don't need all the tech. So whatever you have right now at this moment is all you need. The second thing is to focus on the student and what they need from you. So if we're, you have your tech set up, you're ready to go. Now we need to think about the individual and that one student and, and put aside all of our other ideas and lesson plans. And then the, let me, let me choose which one. Um, you can
1: do a couple more if you want to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Another really important one with when you switch to online is to remember to communicate with the parent. We're used to seeing the parent, they come to your house or you see them, you go to their house but when you switch online you suddenly don't see them so i really suggest teachers do a progress report every month or they invite the parent to come into a lesson once a month and then two more tips the fourth one is to treat your business as a business and do all of the things that you need to to make sure that you are paid on time and that you are that you are having your students follow your policies and then the last one is to just have fun and find ways to have fun with your students and to be silly and to Play games when you have time, of course, but to remember that they're little people that need mentors and that they need guidance from you, and that's why they're taking lessons from you.
1: Fantastic. Great summary, Callie. Thank you so much for that. So, a uh, quick reminder your Facebook group name and the course, uh, your website.
2: Sure. Teach Music Online is the Facebook group, and then teachmusic.online is the website.
1: Too easy. Thank you so much, Callie, for all that you're doing for teachers around the world. Uh, you're a superstar. Have a great coming few months um, as we all bed down <laughs> and lock ourselves in our houses. I'm sure it'll um, pan out in the end and uh, you can continue to help teachers after the crisis is finished. So thanks Emilian, and we'll keep in touch. Thanks, Tim. Well, I do hope you enjoyed my interview with Carly Walton. I certainly loved it. it tore up my heartstrings towards the end there it was quite magical wasn't it just to see and witness the passion and emotion and dedication of a teacher so committed to helping other teachers around the world with their teaching studios it was great to catch up with her and i imagine that we'll be able to do this again sometime soon
0: Well, there you have it. I hope that you enjoyed that episode that I did with Tim. Last April, he is such an amazing host. I had such a great time being on his show with him. I also just want to thank him for all of his kind words that he has always to say about the business that I run. And he just does so, so much good for music teachers worldwide with all of the free content that he provides through his blog, through his podcast, through his YouTube channel, through all that he is doing. From all of the music teachers listening and in my community, thank you so much, Tim, for all that you are doing. I hope that he listens to this. I'll send it over to him. (laughs) I hope that there was something in the episode today that reminded you of why you teach or that perhaps sparked some new ideas for creativity in your online teaching or that got you excited for some of the benefits of teaching music online. So many things to look forward to in your career as a music teacher. Thank you so much for listening. Head over to teachmusic.online for all of our resources and of course to join the Teach Music Online membership where I have all of the courses, coaching program, community and more to help you have success in your online studio. Thank you so much again for listening and as always, happy teaching.